I would have genuinely loved to throw two litres of coke in this little stupid boy's face. You must be a productive citizen. It is the law. You even will provide you with the fresh start you so rightly deserve. Don't you want a better life? Where do you want to start talking about the Humanity Bureau, Dan? Do you remember yesterday when we were talking about mum and dad? And I was saying, like, this is the turning point. This is it. Nick is going to show up for us. He's going to start bringing it home. He's going to try, Ben. That, and that's the important thing, is that he's going to try. Hey, he didn't do any of those things. He didn't try at all, this did he? This is the least I've ever seen him try and act. Honestly, yeah. I couldn't even work out what he was trying to portray here but it's just completely vacant but not in a way that it's part of the character just in a way that he clearly didn't want to be there i know i completely agree we've we've commented before when he's done sort of more supporting roles that he is just there and it serves a purpose sometimes it's not great he's commonly a man that likes to steal your scene but in this he's just there but he's also the protagonist yeah that's the thing like everyone in this film sucks there's not a single memorable character maybe maybe the child to a point but not really but only because he's a little shit yeah but it's never really gone into as to why he's acting out in the way that he is wait actually that being said what about the the eye patch villain i honestly i refuse to look at him it's so funny that the moment they the film decides he's the baddie, one of his eyes gets shot out, so he has to wear an eye patch for the rest of it to really get the point across. Oh god, that guy wound me up so much because, and then they do the rest of the shots whenever he's talking from the side on, but they kind of pick which side, so he kind of either looks like Neo or just a pleb. <laughs> I fucking hate this film, Ben. It was rubbish, wasn't it? It was really bad. Really, was really, really bad. Shit. Um, this, I, and I went in with high hopes. The first like five minutes, I was a bit like, okay, we'll see, because we got Nick Cage driving through the desert in his muscle car. Nothing we haven't seen before there, but that's never necessarily a bad sign. Well, let's let, let's let's talk about the muscle car for a second, because this is a, f- a dystopian future, and we're supposed to be seeing future technology, and Nick Cage is driving round in. So some sort of 70s American car that they've just put a big fucking block of metal on the front that's supposed to make it look futuristic. <laughs> it, it honestly just looks so shit. None of this looks like it's set in the future, apart from the weird little phones that they have. Well, that's the thing. It was interesting because we talked before whether he'd done anything that was sort of strictly sci-fi. And even this sort of thinly walks the line where it's... I think it's only meant to be set like 10 years in the future... Yeah. Which is quite a bleak portrayal of, of the world because they've effectively... It's set in 2030, yeah, 10 years from now. They've effectively brought back concentration camps for poor people. And it's... But everything is like the same, just dystopian, except quite right. The phones are really futuristic and they have these little projections coming out of them. Actually, in fairness, I'd say phones are probably the, the fastest evolving bit of technology. Like... Even 10 years ago, they were a completely different thing. A lot of people have said during this pandemic that we're currently in the tail end of, impossible to say, that 10 years ago, the phone technology was not what it was and it would have been a whole different ballgame in terms of communicating with people. Oh, yeah, I, I just wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. 
<laughs> wouldn't have bothered. I'd struggle to bother now, to be honest. But yeah, and when it's made so easy, easier than ever. Well, let's talk a little bit about the phone tech because there, there is, there is a little bit there that I did find frustrating that I think kind of sums up the entirety of this film, and that's the idea. That, they clearly have ideas about how they want to show this dystopian future, and I just don't think they really have the budget. I think that has to be the problem. Either that or they've just kind of written a story around a dystopian future and no one has any vision at all as to what that might look like. But when using the phone, when it opens and closes, did you notice that that sound is quite familiar? Hmm. Sort of, now you mention it. You might... I could never put my finger on what, though. Oh, you'll kick yourself, mate. You might have remembered it as the noise you get as a cloak power-up in the Halo games. What? Yeah. Actually? The legitimate same fucking sound. <laughs> Do Microsoft know about this? <sighs> but I, I have no idea. But I heard it and I had to look it up afterwards and I was like, this can't be happening. Did you get much trivia about this film? Not, because I, I the whole time... Really. I, I didn't think there would be much because... The whole time, I was just like, I just don't know why. I just don't know why, why, why they made this. It's like, it's such an unsatisfying story. Well, let's they... let's be honest. If you take the story out of it and you just put like the very brief synopsis of this, this sounds like it could be amazing. Right, the whole idea of this, like, five minutes, this, this like, kind okay, of like not so distant see. future, completely dystopian. You know, you've got these fear mongering politicians in this bureau who are like. Is your life worthwhile? If not, we're sending you to this place, which people don't know at the time. You're just going to get killed. Like this is a this could be like a really dark, terrifying thing. So my question is, why cast Cage in it, and why right. make him look like a magician? Again, I just don't understand what that adds. They've made all of the characters look so fucking pathetic and annoying, and have these like campy bits of dialogue and kind of little one-liners that are just not needed because there's no... Uh, this is just crap. It kind of like toys with the idea of having an action scene and then just never bothers. As I, I've never wanted an action scene more. I don't really enjoy them, but anything to pick this film up would have been a plus. Even right. like the shooting was fucking annoying. And then, Right, so we talk about one scene in particular here. Where um, I could, didn't be able, couldn't be able to learn his name. Uh, the guy got one eye and wears half a sunglasses. Yeah, Captain Eyepatch. Yeah, yeah, dickhead. So he catches the boy, and that's kind of who he's after. <laughs> Nick Cage has just realised that this well, might let, be let's his. Let's rewind son. that a touch as well, because they're being Cage and the the woman and her child in this. So the woman's not a great way of describing her character, but that is basically her role in this. She yeah. is the woman one. Cage is back at the woman back at one. It. <laughs> I think maybe she's the only lady in this ent- entire picture, but okay. Uh, and yeah, they they're trying to escape Captain Eyepatch, who's trying to hunt down Cage because he's sort of gone rogue from this bureau, the Humanity Bureau, presumably in this yeah. whole thing. And then they kind of, after a series of events, wind up at this like old, like abandoned warehouse. Obviously, it has to be one in every Nick Cage film. And the kid. Uh, what was his name? Lucas. Yeah, the ant bully. Lucas the ant bully, he goes off again. I'm pretty sure that's what Cage named him after. Uh, he goes off to use the bathroom on his own. And the like scary cliffhanger moment is we see this kid sat on the toilet taking a shit and then the toilet roll from the cubicle next to him rolls under. Oh, and that's like so Captain Eyepatch's way of being like, oh, I'm going to get ya. <laughs> what a creep. What a fucking creep. 
Well, this is like kind of moments after we find out Cage's kind of motives here. And doesn't he find out that Lucas is actually his son? Yeah, basically. That, well, it's, a, yeah. it's a weird, confusing chain of events that everyone takes extremely well, where Cage basically finds out that a, a woman he got pregnant years ago and then walked out on after a week, she, uh, her best friend, who is the woman one in this, yeah. had an argument with her because the mother of his child wanted to sell him for food yeah so she tries to to sell the baby and then this other person takes on the child and then assumes her identity and they have a fight in which the surrogate mother the woman one of this film kills the biological mother of cage's child and this is just just glossed over extremely well he's just just isn't fast at all like right yeah yeah, of course that's what would happen but so anyway back back to this bathroom scene (laughs) sorry go ahead cage comes in and sees his son with the bad guy of this film uh, and he's literally drowning his son in a sink and Cage yeah. just ru- Cage just runs off yeah he's like and he doesn't well, just run off, of here. runs off runs off to the entire other side of the warehouse maybe like 200 metres away gets in a car and starts driving away and then, and then um, the, the woman Rachel is like oh well, what's the plan is that we're going to meet him out back that's not the plan he's drowned yeah. Your son is He's literally been... dead. But then Captain Ipat just fucks the whole thing up where using his sleight of hand, this kid manages to steal the man's eyeball. That How he does he steal his, his eyeball when he's uh, obviously he's going to be in his eye fucking socket and he's got a, like, half a sunglasses covering it? Ridiculous. How can you pickpocket that? But then. How he, would the child the kid, even reach? The kid drops the eyeball and it bounces away under a grate and Captain Ipat just lets him go and the kid goes, oh, I'll get it. And then he just lets him escape. Infuriating. Yeah, clearly Terrible villain. Not even no, trying to stop. the bureau. Honestly, the worst. This is one of the most frustrating films I've ever watched in my life. I can't tell you how happy I am to know that I never have to watch this again. Completely right. But that does beg the question, why Nick Cage was even in this? Why did he I even think... take it? He didn't read the script and go, this is good. He might have heard the premise, and like you and I went, okay, sounds good. Well, look, he's not really made a sci-fi film since Knowing, so that's been like, what, eight years? Something around that? I I could be wrong on that, but it's got to be around seven, eight years since he made Knowing. And I think we know he's got a soft spot for it. And I think coming into this, I think it's time Nick finally got to break the Million Club. No way. So we're going to see Nick on this, Thankfully, it's not a Saturn Films one. I think they've learned their lesson. <laughs> he probably doesn't have the I budget. I don't think Saturn Films is ever going to make another film again, to be honest with you. I think they're All done. Right. Not in a hurry. Um, the budget for this film was $4.3 million. Wow. So this is this is kind of like an indie film. Like, yeah, really. And I think it's like an indie film, and then they got $2 million for Cage. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Uh, but how, how well do you think this does? Are we, do you think this, this broke even? Do you, do you, are we? Are we? Is this a big, big win, uh, or is this a loss? And if it's a loss, are we at least going to break the million? No, man. This is five figures. Five figures. I reckon. Yeah, it's got to be. No one saw this film and recommended it to a friend. Four point three million dollars in. Fifty-eight thousand out. <laughs> Called it. Absolutely this savage. Is a, the Million Club's not even a thing anymore. I'd just love to see him break 100,000. 
Right, I know. It's humiliating. It this... was. I don't understand oh. how he's turning. I know he's dressing more and more like a magician, but the biggest trick is he's literally turning these vast sums of money into nothing. <laughs> Imagine the kind of things you could make with $4.3 million. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's, it's I could make a better film than this for the 58000 that he made back on it. He was one of the biggest actors in the world at one point. And even still, I don't know really what happened, despite watching all of these films in order every single day for almost as long as I can remember. I Just, still don't know what happened, what what that tipping, I really real thought we'd be able was. to pinpoint a moment, and I just can't. Like, there's like... I mean, we know, like, after the, the, the big four that we kind of said about, he had a kind of a lull. Yeah, like after, well, after face off, but straight into City of Angels. But, but at the still, same time, like City of Angels, now, I think there's... is kind of beloved by the people that are into that. And I mean, Snake Eyes sucks, but then he goes back into doing like Bringing Out the Dead and Gone in sixty seconds and Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Those were huge films, right? So he still still was undeniably massive films. Well, that's it, and that's even after like Wind Talkers and then ad- adaptation Matchstick Men, and then off the back of National Treasure, Lord of War and The Weatherman and World Trade Center, Ghost Rider was a huge success. I don't know how, but it, it was. So all of this time, he's been making these these great films. And then after the Book of Secrets, it's just gone to absolute shit. When, I think what I'm getting at is when we thought we were about to have like the real lull in this, we never really did. But now we are. Do you think just, it's because he refuses to be one type of actor? He's not just the action star that so always does the action movies. You know, you're getting with him. Do you think it's because he's refused to put himself in a box? I think that- that's part of it. Because that's the thing. Like you said, you don't know what kind of performance you're going to get from Nick. And I think that's part of the charm. And I think to us, that's, that makes, that's what makes it fun. But if you're like... If someone says to me, do you want to go see the new Jason Statham film? I know that my answer is no, because I already know what that film is. <laughs> if someone says to me, do you want to go see the new Nick Cage film? I'd have to ask what the film was about. You'd, yeah, you'd at least go, oh, tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. And I think out of from his kind of... There's not many actors around his age doing his kind of uh, style, style work that still kind of have that ethic. You know, he's... I don't want to say he's a jack of all trades and master of none because I think there are some things that he is exceptional at to the point that I think he's better than almost any other actor. But he does not want to show it. I feel like he he feels like he's completed that side of acting and just doesn't want to go back to it. I almost think that maybe winning an Oscar was one of the worst things that happened to him. Wow, yeah, that's that's powerful stuff, but it's... Do you feel like he he felt like he'd completed it? He'd proved his point? Well, I think that he he even went on to say that he never went into doing Leaving Las Vegas thinking that it was going to win awards. He just had that kind of performance and just it just went really well kind of thing and ended up getting the Oscar for it, which is incredible. But how gutting must it be? Because there must have been films since then where he's just gone, this is great. I could I could maybe get back into Oscar nominations. And he's never even been nominated again. I was just doing a quick Google search to find out. I just was Google searching, is Nick Cage happy? (laughs) Um, But upon doing that, some of the suggested searches, the top one is, is Nicolas Cage a Christian? (laughs) 
I don't is, think he would be. Is Nick Cage? I, I imagine he's single. religious, but I don't think he'd be Christian. Yeah, I, no, he he probably doesn't uh, obey the rules of a, a religion in such a way. He probably, but he's probably made uh, his own religion. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's yeah. no more shamatism is has superseded just being an acting style and has now become a religion in which you, a cult in which you follow and subscribe to. Well, he is the one true god, so I am. Um, yeah, there's not really a conclusive answer to the question is Nick Cage happy? Because that's what I'm wondering at this point. Like, well, I know a the way man that we must could, um... hate himself to be to put himself through these films time and time again. Granted, I know it's his job, but this is a man that loves acting and this this is a film that, by his own standard, he does not have two good scenes in. No, not at all. I wouldn't even say he has a scene in it. He's right. He's the most background main character I've ever seen in the film. But um, you're asking if Nick Cage is happy. And yeah. I, I think there's no way that we could ever find out, but I know a way that we could maybe help. And that's if we be nice to Nicky for a minute, Ben. Let's put a smile on that man's face, yeah. turn his frown upside down, and I would love to be nice to Nicky by saying his character, Noah Cross, ridiculous, Noah Cross is a very punctual young man. He arrives 15 minutes early for his appointment to shoot an old man to death. <laughs> uh, yep. That's that's it. He arrives. He's got great timekeeping skills. What can I say? Um, yeah, you've pretty much taken the only good part of this character. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm really at a loss with this one more than any others, to be honest with you, Ben. I mean, listen, he's a good liar. He tells the, the kid who's in that fucking abysmal children's choir that he did a great job. Uh, do we really want to praise someone for being a good liar? Is, I that, mean, is that where we're at? Grasping at straws here. I think I, I kind of like the idea. I mean, obviously, it's even it's it's backhanded either way, isn't it? When he finds out about everything that's happened with his son, he goes off to try and save his son in, in a way that no one else would do because most people would just be there as a dad and, you know, wouldn't have run off in the first place, wouldn't have waited till it got to this point of fucking ludicrousity. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Loved it, though. You said it with conviction. I love that, man. Stick yeah. with it. I just, this is it now. Just just making it up as I go. But yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, <laughs> there's, <laughs> this is there's really genuine. not much to say that's nice about Noah Cross. Like you say, he's punctual. He's, he's the kind of guy that if I had a company... I would want to employ. But if I'm saying that, he basically spends the whole film not doing his job, so would I? Yeah, he, he actively goes rogue on a hunch. And you can't even say that he's got good morals because of it, because his entire job is killing poor people. Yeah. Which they kind of gloss over to try and make and him a bit more likeable. And he only stops doing that because he realises that he is a deadbeat dad and yeah. he feels some guilt I, about it. I feel fine about killing poor people until the moment it affects me personally. God, he's, a, he's actually quite a shit, isn't he? He's actually a, a bit of a shit in this. I would go as far as to say that he is a shit, yes. Yeah, he's quite a big shit, in my opinion. But um, I think I would be nice to Nicky and say that in almost a way uh, a chameleon kind of works his way to camouflage in. <laughs> he's made himself such a shit in this shit film that some sometimes I couldn't even pick out what was the shit and what was Cage. 
Right, that's a good point. He really he doesn't stand out among this. And I think just, I think that must have been a conscious choice. I think he must have gone. This in. is like a cool theme. Let's see what they've got. Showed up day one and realised they didn't have anything. Just goes, oh god, if I just don't even try, maybe they'll cancel. Maybe they'll maybe they'll sack me. <laughs> I think that's that's why he's just not acting in this. Surely, surely he didn't want this to actually come out. He's perceptive, credit where it's due. At one point, he looks at the kid, Lucas, and he says, you look thirsty. What does a thirsty person look like? <laughs> I really wondered that. Like, I, I don't think you could look at someone and tell them they looked hungry, tired, well, I get. Well, Ben, you're uh, somewhat of a connoisseur of telling people they look thirsty. <laughs> Would you have given him a drink? <laughs> uh, wait, I'm a connoisseur of telling people they look thirsty. That cinema story you told me. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if we said that on the show, but for a bit of clarity... I think you might have done, but I don't know if you've edited it out to kind of protect yourself, but I'm never going to let anyone not know Nah, this. man, I, I wear that like a badge of honour. <laughs> <laughs> for a bit of drink. context, if we missed this out, we I was at the cinema when I was a teenager, watching Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> 3, and sat behind me and my girlfriend I had when I was that age. <laughs> it's not even the funny bit, but just you in the cinema watching Pirates of the Caribbean is so funny. Pirates three. I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to head to World's End man, but they were just not having it. Oh god. And, yeah, uh, these these three uh rude chevy girls behind us were kicking the seats and throwing popcorn and ruining the film for everyone at one point. My teenage fratty self thought enough is enough and I came up with a perfect line. I turned around, I said Excuse me. <laughs> well, I probably opened with sorry. The preface of politeness. Excuse me. What's the problem? Are you thirsty? Have a drink. And threw my two liters of Coca Cola over these three girls. Oh, it's so funny every time. <laughs> the cinema applauded. That's all I'm saying. You sure that wasn't for Pirates of the Caribbean? Actually, yeah, actually it, might it, have, been, would it? it might have been for Jonathan Depp's performance, granted. <laughs> oh, God. I would have genuinely loved to throw two litres of coke in this little stupid boy's face. <laughs> He's so annoying. Oh, there's not a single member of this cast that I wouldn't waterboard. <laughs> to get try and get a better performance out of them. No, just to make sure they don't do anything again. <laughs> Let this film be a warning to all of you. Oh, there's there's so many so many questionable scenes all throughout this, but uh, let's let's hope... not even bother. Let's yeah, get yeah. into cage match and get this done. <laughs> Noah Cross, Deddy. Strength? Uh, hmm. I mean, Eddie punches a man to death and Noah yeah, Cross does nothing. You kind of can't say fairer than that. There are a few strengths to Noah Cross's character, but nothing really comes no, close I, there. He runs away from more than I can think of, but I'll give that 1-0. Moving on to agility, the man does kind of jog away from a lot of bullets. Yeah, he, he credit where it's due. He's he's super agile. I I don't think that he's agile. I just think that no one in this film can shoot because so many people try and shoot him <laughs> and he makes no effort to dodge them and yet he manages to dodge everything. He's I've never seen less pace in a person and still get away with it. But closest you know, he's got agile I can think of is where he he's got is a sweet doing car. some he's doing indoor fishing. And he manages to get the 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 hook inside like a glass, a bottle of wine, and that's. I mean, that's well. Let's be honest. Eddie doesn't really show us much, so let's say one all. That's nothing. That's nothing. 
No, Eddie's agile AF. He subsides on a diet of cocaine. Yeah, but imagine literally living on coke and still being that kind of... He's a slow guy. (laughs) True, yeah. So, I mean, if you take away that crutch... Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, let's make it one all. Make it a bit more interesting. But let's get really to it at this point. Appearance. Appearance is going Eddie's way. Yeah, he's got the suits, he's got the moustache, he's got the wig. Noah's got literally nothing. There's nothing yeah, about him. Nothing, he's nothing just a on. shit stain. He's, he's a, got more badly dyed shit. black hair. And it's so dyed black that you can't. This is what I mean about him looking like a fucking magician again. I hate it. Yeah, I'd rather. I'd weird. rather that's he played like, the bald guy. That's become default cage recently. Like that's a look. That yeah, sharpie on hair. He's I don't that think that that's something lately. that people are doing to him in like the makeup department. I think that he's just started dyeing his hair black as like a midlife crisis. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what he's bringing. But yeah, it's um, I, I don't like the look, and I'm annoyed that we keep having to spend time with it, frankly. Well, I have a feeling that's not going anywhere. Likeability. This is an interesting one, because both of these men, uh, Eddie is not a nice guy, but Noah Cross is a shit. He really is a shit. Uh, and I've got a few examples of shitty stuff he does here. At one point, he... Hands a after accusing the kid of looking thirsty, he hands him a gun to play with. It's unloaded, but even so, he's immediately encouraging this kid to use weapons. And I grant that does actually come around and end up saving his life at one point. There's a point in this where Noah Cross gives a tin of coffee to the woman one in in the film, and uh, she says like, "You could buy a house for this coffee round here," and he is like, "Ah, you could just have it. I don't care." And then she goes, "Oh, uh, would you would you like somebody?" He goes, "Yeah, would be nice." <laughs> Dick move. It's <laughs> yeah, this. Gift. I immediately make me one. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit much. But and then he uh, penalizes her for not having the correct tools to make a cup of coffee. And it's like, well, she's poor. You know, she is. That's the point of this. Anyway, let's let's get to the brass tacks of that. His job is literally to kill poor people. Yeah, this guy, guy. is. This is. Uh, I was about to say this is James Bond for Tories, but I think James Bond is for Tories. So. Yeah, true. But that being said, Eddie does get a 15-year-old addicted to cocaine. But look, let's Not be honest, great. who had a better time? Interesting. I All I'm saying, if I had to go on a night out with one of them, it's not Noah. It's probably not. I mean, Noah, I don't know, he must have some sort of slight charm to him because at one point he holds up um, this disabled man let's let's call it what it is this disabled man who's on a crutch uh he holds him up at gunpoint and steals his gasoline but somehow at the end of that exchange when cage has been nothing but horrible to him and taken what this man needs in a post-apocalyptic world where this man specifically says he was saving that this man still tries to sacrifice his own life in order to protect cage why is that he's given him no reason to whatsoever yeah, well, I think a lot like the rest of this film, no one's written anything. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no yeah. story to anyone. There's no back, backstory would have been really helpful in this. I feel like it could have benefited not from being a half hour longer, but take half an hour of this shit out and replace it with actually setting the scene. I want something a bit more visual than that, and something a bit more about Cage's character and like how they actually. There's no setup to this film. Like we've seen this a lot recently, where these films just jet straight in. They never normally need to be prefaced by a huge amount of story, whereas this really does. Like you can't get away with this in this kind of film. I, I'm going to call this for what it is because he's going to take Cage anyway. Eddie King's going forward. 
I'm yeah, going to call that. Yeah, I completely for, agree. I'll go as far as to say that's a 4-1. Well, and Noah Cross at the end of this film, fairly surprisingly, gets killed, gets shot just straight in the head yeah, with good one of the most riddance. vivid renditions of Cage's death on screen for quite a while. Honestly, probably the best bit of the film. Yeah, exactly. They try and put in so many twists, but the only remotely twisting is that Cage got killed, but it's the the most satisfying of all the twists because all the other ones are so pointless. Well, look, we're about to see, and this hasn't happened for a while, two returning competitors go at each other. Yeah, wow, you're as right. As Eddie King, the star of Deadfall and Arsenal, is going for his fifth defence as he takes on Evan Lake in Dark, the remake or recut of Dying of the Light. What are your what thoughts on What are you expecting to get out of Dark on our viewing, Dan? Um, it's not what I'm expecting to get. To get. It's about what I'm expecting to have taken away from me, and that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just don't know why you'd decide to do this, but we will find out together, I suppose. Yeah, it was literally 13 days ago that we watched this. This is just completely ridiculous that this is happening. I'm not happy about it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, here we are. But look, this is the final hurdle before we get to watch Mandy. Yes. Which shit's going to turn around, finally. Yeah, well, this Hopefully. is a cage match it we're really to. looking forward to. So, let's see what so, comes together. I'm assuming you're not fancying Evan Lake's chances against Eddie. Not massively. Listen, who knows what happens in this re-edit. They might make him into some super nice hero. But Oh, to be fair, he's got some really great cage moments. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'm looking forward to see if they've um, if they cut out all of his uh, just yelling Benir. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> you fucked up 9-11. You <laughs> fucked up the re-edit of this film. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> you can't sack me. I resign. <laughs> what There's, a dude. If he doesn't smell a plant in this, I, I'm turning it off. Yeah, if we get no resolution for why, I'm going to flip out, to be honest. Let's call it. I'm over yep. it. Another big shoveling of shit from Nick Cage. The shit. The big shit. All right. See you later, Dan. Yeah, see you. Bye, everyone.